This podcast is brought to you by Recontract, the leading software to automate your reconditioning process. From vehicles to people to parts, Recontract streamlines every touchpoint in your recon process. Visit recontract.com an to learn more. That's R-E-C-O-N-T-R-A-C dot com slash A-N. Welcome to Daily Drive. Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, Michigan's deal for a Ford factory will not come cheap. Tesla's credit is junk no more, according to a second ratings house. And Geely snaps a four-year streak of declining profits. Plus, as automakers move quickly with their EV plans, suppliers look to bolster their capabilities with more mergers and acquisitions. The companies that struggle a little bit maybe aren't going to be able to deal with lower volumes in ICE, but some suppliers might be able to position themselves to kind of gobble up some of those companies' assets down the line. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Is auto manufacturing worth almost $700,000 per job for taxpayers? Michigan policymakers were willing to take that deal for a $3.5 billion Ford EV battery plant. The state agreed to provide significantly more money for the project than for other major business expansions. The plant in Marshall, Michigan, roughly midway between Detroit and Chicago, is expected to cost the state a total of $1.7 billion, or about $693,000 a job. The plant is expected to employ about 2,500 people. State officials defend the Ford project subsidies. They point to especially tough competition with other states as the federal government provides incentives for domestic battery production. Moody's is now the second credit ratings firm to endow Tesla with investment grade status. It upgraded Tesla's credit score by one notch to BAA3. That follows a similar move by S&P Global Ratings in October. The credit grader says it expects Tesla to maintain its position as a leading EV manufacturer and further solidify its global footprint. Moody's also cited the automaker's expanding product offerings. They include early production of the Cybertruck slated for later this year, Tesla's regional production facilities, and heightened focus on efficiency and financial leverage. Tesla was already being treated like a blue-chip company by many investors and analysts, It secured a $5 billion revolving credit facility early this year, a sign that it was nearing investment-grade status. China's Geely Automobile Holdings expects further sales growth this year after beating earnings estimates in 2022. Geely says net income rose 9% last year to over $760 million. That bested analysts' estimates by about 8.5%, according to data compiled by Bloomberg. Revenue climbed 46% in 2022, but the surging costs of batteries, chips, and other components put pressure on profitability. So did investments in Zeker, the company's new electric vehicle brand. Overall, Geely says gross margin fell three percentage points last year to 14.1%. And Ferrari has been hit with a ransomware attack that exposed customers' personal information. It's not clear when Ferrari's Italian subsidiary was contacted with a ransom demand related to the exposure of customer information, nor did Ferrari disclose the ransom amount. Ferrari said it is investigating the breach with an unnamed third-party cybersecurity firm and has informed law enforcement authorities. 
Ferrari's policy is not to pay ransom demands to hackers because the company thinks it will perpetuate cyber attacks. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, the Ford plant in Marshall, Michigan, do you think this investment is worth it? <laughs> well, it is a lot. You know, for so many years, a lot of folks in the industry, you know, kind of made fun of Alabama for spending about $120,000 per job uh, to get the Mercedes plant. But that one actually turned out pretty good for them. I mean, it was by far the most anyone had paid to that time, and it's turned out pretty well. The plant is really humming. They're making the flagship EVs now. So that has really paid off. It's you know lasted for decades. But this is a lot more money. It's about you know five times as much or close to that. So that makes it a lot harder. Michigan is not wrong, though, about the fact that it's a it's fierce competition out there. We just saw the Scout plant, VW's Scout brand, get $1.3 billion to build a factory in South Carolina projected to employ maybe 4,000 people. This one's looking at more like 2,500, probably a little more secure, but $1.7 billion for 2,500 jobs, that's a lot. That's interesting. Coming up. We'll hear why supplier mergers and acquisitions may pick up soon. That's next on Daily Drive. Across the Hendrick Automotive Group, each store had a different reconditioning process. They started looking for a solution that would help them standardize their processes, give them actionable information, and ultimately drive efficiency. Knowing they needed to bring together all pieces of their operation to cut cycle times down to their goal of three days, they chose Recontract. Chris Little, Vice President of Variable Operations, explains why having the tools to measure your recon process gives you what you need to manage it more effectively. Everyone knows speed uh, to the front line uh, equates to more turns, which helps the overall company do better in terms of parts service and inventory bias. And so uh, when you can really take the time to measure and manage that uh, and perfect that, uh, you're going to increase your turns, you're going to increase your gross profit, and you're really just going to increase the amount of used cars you can sell uh, because you're getting them out on the front line. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. The pace of supplier mergers and acquisitions could pick up soon. Companies are attempting to reposition themselves for the electric vehicle era, and private equity firms are seeking to put hundreds of billions of dollars in available capital to work. Automotive News supplier reporter John Irwin wrote about this trend. He tells me that companies are likely to turn to mergers, acquisitions, or strategic alliances to bring on new capabilities, different products, or new talent. John Irwin, welcome back to Daily Drive. Thanks for having me, Jamie. So you set out to take the temperature of the M&A market in the auto supply space. What did you find? Yeah, we found that the market might be due to pick back up after a little bit of a lull last year. The M&A market, just sort of given the trends in electrification and the broader economy, uh, seems primed for uh, some uh, pretty big deals maybe to happen later in the year. How does the electrification trend, how does this, this push toward EVs, it seems like that would be a lot of strain on suppliers, but it, is it also feeding into an M&A, some M&A activity? It is because suppliers are looking for ways to add, A, more talent, uh, which is hard to come by nowadays, um, and specifically talent related to uh, electrification, new uh, emerging businesses there. But also, these companies just need to add capabilities quick because automakers are moving quickly with their EV plans. Sales are picking up. 
and companies need to adapt uh, as quickly as possible just to be ready uh, for this shift to EV and EV assembly in the U.S. And if part of that means going out there and acquiring a business that uh, has you know some capabilities, they make a product that uh, maybe this company doesn't have, or maybe it can you know they can leverage that this new company uh, bring it in, into the fold a little bit to have the company be a little bit more of a complete package as it relates to EV parts where a lot of people are going right now. Yeah, well, we've seen a number of the really largest suppliers kind of split in two, whether it's pure, you know, ICE and EV, but it's some sort of a, like an old tech and a new tech. And maybe there's some just realignment that needs to happen within those kind of two separate buckets of suppliers. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting too, you know, we talk a lot about how suppliers are, you know, maybe repositioning themselves for EVs, but there's also room to be had, you know, for companies to stay in the ICE space, uh, just considering, you know, even if EV sales take off to where, you know, people expect them to be at the end of the decade or beyond, there's still going to be a large market for gas powered vehicles. And those vehicles are going to need parts to be made for them. And there's a lucrative market there for some of these suppliers. It's interesting when you look at the companies that struggle a little bit, maybe aren't going to be able to deal with lower volumes in ICE, but some suppliers might be able to position themselves to kind of gobble up some of those companies' assets down the line. Now, it'll be interesting to see just kind of, you know, which companies sort of align themselves to be, you know, sort of in the EV side who might want to stick around, double down on their legacy businesses. Uh, it's a, kind of a crossroads that a lot of companies are finding themselves in right now. You also reported that uh, private equity is really projected to get involved. They have a lot of money on the sidelines and I guess I'm looking at it as, you know, those guys, they, they have a lot of options and can take a, take a longer view. The supply base has been so beaten down by low production in recent years. Might be some, uh, some value deals there, but also, you know, things getting back on the upswing. Production should be more consistent. These companies should be more naturally profitable this year. Yeah, exactly. You know, private equity, there's about $800 billion just kind of sitting on the sidelines right now, waiting to be invested. Obviously, not all of that's going to be going into the supplier space, but a good chunk of it might for the reasons you just said. I mean, you know, there's kind of nowhere to go but up uh, for a lot of these suppliers right now. And, you know, the EV battery space, um, you know, electrification, I mean, that's that's all very, it's kind of a, a sexy area for a lot of these investors. And private equity loves, you know, kind of being on the cutting edge. I know Tesla's sort of been the, everyone's, you know, favorite <laughs> in that space. And everyone's looking for the next Tesla and uh, or the next big new thing in the EV space. And there might be, like you said, some value buys here um, for some private equity uh, to you know, go in right now as, you know, things are kind of hopefully at their lowest point and as volumes start to pick back up, as some of these strategies on electrification start to play out, hopefully they'll be on the upswing. So there's a lot of money out there just waiting to be invested. And it looks like uh, suppliers might be an interesting candidate to, to receive some of that investment. We've talked about, you know, production getting more normal. We're all not quite sure. Like, where are we with COVID? Are, are we past COVID? Are we late COVID? Um, but it kind of looks like when you look at M&A trends, we're kind of past it now. What was the whole pattern like just stepping back over these last three years? What's been going on in M&A? Yeah, you know, set back to 2020 and, you know, like everything else in the economy, everything just sort of, maybe not completely stopped, but things really kind of slowed down in M&A, particularly in this space, uh, as everything was shut down in 2020, people were kind of figuring out what's the long-term well, and, and how to survive. Yeah, right. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> just everyone wasn't thinking long-term, it was just let's just get to the next day. And 
you know, eventually, you know, a new normal sort of settled in and there was a lot of pent up activity, I guess, like that kind of reared itself in 2021, which was red hot year for M&A, not just, uh, you know, for suppliers and the auto industry, but, you know, just for uh, in the U.S. in general. It cooled off a bit uh, in 2022, fell about 18% from a year earlier, but very much in line with what we saw before pandemic broke out in 2020. And yeah, so like you said, we were sort of back into this in the M&A world. It's very much a post-COVID world at this point. And uh, it'll be interesting to see sort of if things heat back up a little bit uh, for the reasons we've been talking about. But we're very much back to where we were before COVID. So that's in like overall deal volume. Within the auto supply, is there a sense that prices are down? I mean, the companies that obviously the production has been down, profits have been not pretty for the last two, three years. I'm wondering if maybe there are some distressed companies that could get snapped up for cheap. Yeah, exactly. You know, even as, you know, we have M&A volume being kind of back to where it was before COVID, uh, the average uh, deal price uh, transaction value below where it was still in 2020 or before 2020. And that's in large part because of what you just said. A lot of suppliers right now are kind of feeling the crunch financially. You know, there's, you know, big time you know pressures on them as it relates to, you know, pricing, uh, you know, everything that we've been dealing with over the last couple of years with supply chain uh, challenges. And there are a lot of companies out there uh, that, you know, might be a lot of distressed assets that might be out there for a company that's looking to to grow, add capabilities. You might be able to get them on the cheap right now. For a company looking to buy something on the cheap, this is the time to do it. Well, yeah. I mean, you think about so many manufacturing is, is a capital intensive business and you need a, a good amount of working capital just to, you know, to buy the parts and keep your employees paid. And um you know, with some tightness in the banking system, the concerns, you know, after the SVB collapse and what the, the health of some mid-sized banks, you know, Comerica, which still has a big footprint here in Michigan, where there's a lot of auto suppliers, you know, it's really, its stock has taken a beating. It's kind of in that, mm-hmm. that mid-sized group too. And just higher interest rates is like, it's, if you're a small cash-strapped supplier or a medium-sized cash-strapped supplier, it's not easy to get uh, money. You know, just uh, some working capital to get you through and try to get things ramped back up again, kind of puts can put some owners in a real bind uh, to where they maybe they let some uh, private equity or one of the big suppliers, you know, gobble them up. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's been one of the major challenges for a lot of these suppliers, especially the smaller ones uh, over the last few years. You know, even as volumes declined, you know, a lot of automakers were able to you know reduce their debt levels Uh, for suppliers. It's not really been the case at all. You know, debt levels for on average for a supplier has gone down at all over the last several years. In many cases, uh, we've just been racking up more debt. And yeah, as interest rates rise, it's going to be a lot harder to service. It's going to be more expensive. Yeah, a lot of these, especially smaller companies that maybe uh, don't have you know the diversified portfolios that the larger suppliers do, it just takes a lot of money and a lot of capital to kind of reinvent yourself for the EV era. And uh, a lot of these companies are going to find it difficult to do so uh, and might just be looking for a way out. Yeah, debt loads and debt ratios are always something we end up watching on the supplier beat. And uh, I'm glad you're out there uh, keeping an eye on all of it, as well as the the M&A market. John Irwin, supplier reporter at Automotive News. Thanks again for joining me today, my friend. Thanks, Jamie. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Karn Dingra and David Eggert of Crane's Detroit Business for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on suppliers, manufacturing, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. 
If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.